Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. This week, we have a special episode. I went over to LinkedIn and asked the question, what are your biggest challenges with lead generation? And so this week's episode, I'm answering your questions. And this was a live that I did over on LinkedIn. If we're not connected over on LinkedIn, please come and find me and let's connect because I love meeting people over there and building relationships. So without further ado, let's dive into the most asked questions by coaches, consultants, and course creators around creating an online sales funnel and lead generation. Let's dive in. Hey there, I'm Elisa Connor, ex-corporate marketer turned entrepreneur. I escaped corporate to chase my passion a few years back. Each week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, we feature expert education, marketing insights, and mindset shifts that are gonna help you create a profitable business so you can secure your legacy, ensuring that you thrive not only in your first career, but also your second act. Welcome to the Second Act Entrepreneur Show. Good morning, everybody. Um, put some little spring flowers on my frame there because I thought, oh, it's spring and we need to be uh, getting a little bit more springy. So this week I made a post on LinkedIn and I asked for you to submit your most pressing lead generation um, questions and you did not fail. You put them in there and so I'm gonna go live this morning and uh, give you the answers to the questions that I received. If you have additional questions and you wanna put them in the chat, I will hunt them down um, in this, uh, oh, here we go. I was like, where is the chat? Um, so I will try to answer them. Sometimes Restream does not get your questions live while I'm live. So if they come across later, then I will either collect them and do another live next week answering those questions, or I will answer them in the comments. So either way, we will get your questions answered. So if you don't know me, I'm Elisa Connor. I own Elisa Connor Consulting. And for the last, oh, about 20 years, I've been um, immersed in online marketing. My specialties are sales funnels, email marketing, and most importantly, creating a customer journey that moves people from not knowing you at all to becoming a valued longtime client. And so lead generation is in my blood. I get very excited about it and I get very passionate about it and it is an ever changing landscape. And so one of the things that showed up in the comments very regularly was um, there's so many moving parts. It's kind of overwhelming there. I don't really know all of the parts or what to do with them. And yes, you're absolutely right. There can be a lot of moving parts, but there's also some ways to simplify that. So if you have not grabbed my free download um, about creating a, I think it's a five to five step strategy for your marketing, I highly recommend that you go grab that. It's going to help you kind of lay out a map for your marketing. And this isn't just, um, for your social posts, not just for blogging, it's all of those things put together so that your customers have a path to follow and you aren't making yourself crazy trying to be everywhere doing everything. And you can go grab that free guide. I'll also put it in the comments of this post um, at alisaconnor.com forward slash strategy dash guide. Yeah, I think it's strategy dash guide. Um, so there is a dash in there, but it's, just the website and then strategy dash guide. And that will be really helpful for you. Um, so a sales funnel, 
I have done a lot of episodes on sales funnels. If you're not familiar with that, it basically has three pieces to it. And I've broken it down into an, an into a very simple formula that follows the ABCs. So A is you want to attract new people um, in some method or madness. And there's a lot of episodes that I've done on my um, second act entrepreneur show. So if you're wanting more detail on these steps, head on over there to alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast, and you'll find, just do a search for strategy and you'll see all kinds of um, marketing strategy videos and podcast episodes. But A is for attracting an audience. B B is for um, building the relationship and building trust with those people so that you can get to C, which is turning them into clients and customers. And so that is really the methodology that I teach people and that I move my clients through and my students through when they're wanting to build a strategy. So a piece of that is lead generation. And lead generation falls into a couple of categories there. And first is the A part where you're trying to create um, notoriety and um, awareness of who you are. And so you're trying to do that through different channels like social media, um, publicity opportunities, creating regular content, all of those different um opportunities, paid ads, like we could go down a whole list of things that you could do to attract your audience. But then where people sometimes drop the ball in that arena is getting them to move to the B portion of that formula, which is building the relationship. Now, if you've been around me for any um, amount of time, you know that I am a huge fan of email marketing. And um, I'm going to preface that with the right kind of email marketing, because let's face it, nobody wants more emails in their inbox. But what they do want are emails that are helping them solve a problem. And so when we think about email um, conversations, we want to put forward facing the ability to add value and create um, the opportunity for our ideal clients to get further along the journey of solving a problem. And so some of the things that we're going to talk about, some of the questions that were asked are directly related to that B piece of the formula, which is building the relationship, building trust and moving the relationship forward so that people buy from you. And so one of the questions was that was asked, and I get this question quite a bit, is should you use a different sales funnel for different audiences and or different, um, even I'm going to add on to that different product offerings? And the answer is absolutely yes. And if we're going to liken it to an example, if you were going to go and your favorite kind of ice cream was strawberry, and you kept getting thrown in front of you advertisements for mint chocolate chip, the mint chocolate chip ice cream cake, um, mint chocolate chip sales, you'd be like, I don't care because I like strawberry. And so sometimes with our marketing, we try to serve everybody um, in our audience that are not necessarily in the same spot of their customer journey with the same marketing materials, the same messaging, the same um, freebies, all of that sort of stuff, and then they don't work. Well, that's kind of, it's because everybody's at a different spot in their journey. And what it comes down to, and you're not going to like this answer, is that that's lazy marketing. And it may have worked 10 years ago to just have one generic message that you put out there. And so as I stated at the beginning of the of this live, there are ways to simplify that. But that means you have to simplify what you're offering and how you're moving people forward. 
And you can rotate that on a, on a quarterly basis or whatever you decide to map out in your own personal business strategy. But having multiple channels for people to come in means you have to spend the time to create messaging, landing pages, email sequences, and then um, some sort of movement to the product sale. And if you're just trying to go from here, buy our mint chocolate chip ice cream scenario to come over here and, and be a, a member of our ice cream club and they like strawberry, you're going to fall flat and your, your stuff isn't going to work. And you may have experienced this. Um, so where I always recommend people start is start with one, one option. Start with one lead magnet, with one audience in mind, with one problem that you're solving for that audience and build that funnel out. And when you have that completed and you've tested it and you know it's working, then by all means, build out another one. But if you have all of these funnels going, one, you can't keep track of it. Two, you don't usually know if it's working because you're so busy running around trying to make all the other things work. And three, um, if it isn't working and you just kind of trash it and move on to something else, you'll never know what in that funnel could have been tweaked or changed so that it would work. And so more often than not, what I find with people that are struggling with their sales funnels is that they're trying to talk to everybody and they're trying to solve all the problems for their people. And when that happens, a couple of things happen. One, your potential customer becomes very overwhelmed because they're already feeling overwhelmed because they have problems that need to be addressed. And I'll give you some examples in just a minute. Um, but two, um, you're not going to stand out from anybody else in the marketplace because you're just saying the same things that everybody else is saying. And so when we look at creating a lead magnet or um, a sales funnel, we want to get really specific about who we're talking to, to the point where they are reading what you have on your landing page, for example, or during a live video, and they're shaking their heads and going, how does she know that? Like, how is she in my head right now? And so um, when we get that clear with our messaging, it becomes very apparent that we understand our audience and they pick up on that energetically and also um, visually and auditorially. But also it makes you stand out from all the other people out there that keep saying the same thing. And so if we were going to use some examples, one of um, the big social media platforms right now that is really growing hot, and I often go on there just to do research because I think it's so interesting, is TikTok. Um, but if you're going on TikTok and you have all of your audience is C-level executives, you're going to really struggle because most C-level executives are not going on TikTok to purchase whatever business service you have to offer, if they're going on there at all. Um, there's definitely a demographic of people that are going on to TikTok. Yes, it's, it's expanding and it's getting a little bit more crowded over there, but it is very much um, a particular feel and mindset. And so if you're going over there and you're like, you sell coaching services to C-level executives, the chances are that your people are going to be there are very slim. 
And if you're trying to stand out on TikTok, hoping that somebody's going to find you, you're going to really struggle with that. Whereas if you're over on LinkedIn and you specifically um, say you're as a, as a business coach, you focus specifically on, I'm trying to think of a, of a topic, uh, resilience. And you start talking to those C-level executives about building resilience in their teams because it will increase profit margin. And right now their teams are struggling with overwhelm, coming back from COVID, not wanting to work in the office all the time, trying to find work-life balance. And from the perspective of the C-level executive who has to make staffing decisions and budget decisions and look at the entire vision of the company, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, my team is struggling with showing up to work, keeping retaining employees, keeping people on board. Um, Maybe, maybe this resilience thing would work, but then you have to take the next step because the next question in their head is going to be, okay, so I'm willing to explore resilience as an opportunity for us to change our organization, but how are we going to do that? And so there's another question there that often doesn't get answered. And so if we were going to move this back to sales funnel, a lot of times people say to me, yeah, I have a sales funnel set up and they have a lead generator that they created that they didn't um, test with their market or ask their market what they wanted. And then they just put it up and they ignored it. Like, and so it's not working for them. And that, (laughs) It's the same thing as putting a toddler in front of a television and expecting them to sit there and watch TV. They're not going to do it. They're just going to wander around and find something else to do. And so your audience is the same way. Your audience, if there is not some reason for them to go and engage with your free download, your free consultation, your free whatever, because you're solving a problem, they're just not going to do it. And so often um, people get really pushy with their free downloads. And so... Um, the reality is, is that it almost has to be a pull tactic instead of a push tactic to get people excited about what you do. And how you do that is you ask, you ask a lot of questions. You're like, okay, so what are you struggling with right now? Because we can sit here and guess all day long what people are struggling with. But if we don't know, and we don't have the questions and we don't have the insight from people, um, we're just basically doing guesswork. So one of the questions I, um, another question I had is, you know, how do you nurture your list? Well, this goes back to setting up your funnel. If you're really specific, so let's use an example. If you, for example, are a business coach who helps with leadership and your free download could be something like, um, the top 10 skills to look for when hiring your next leader and or you know the top 10 skills of 2022 and to look at in hiring your next leader and that's a free checklist and they can use that for their hiring hiring process whatever that might be look like well they get the download and typically what people will do is they will set up one email that says here's your free download um enjoy it and we'll be in touch and then they don't speak to them again until they're ready to open their program or reach out to them for a sales call or whatever that is. And that can happen one of two ways. One, they let too much time go by and they haven't had any interaction with these people, or they try to go into the next email and sell them into the program. And neither of those methods are going to work (laughs) because it is the equivalent of you going into, um, 
I always I, I always used to use car like car lot examples, but I've been trying to come up with a new example. It's equivalent of you going into Costco and having every single sample available in the store right there at the front door and everybody wants you to buy it and put it in your cart before you go buy. Well, there's a reason that Costco puts samples in different places and they, you know, maneuver them through the store. It's because it keeps you moving through the store. And I'm sure there is actually a retail um, strategy behind that, that they put those samples there next to um, accompanying products so that you not only grab the sample, but you grab the accompanying product that goes with it. So let's, for example, if they're doing salsa samples, for example, they're not only gonna have the salsa there, they're gonna have two or three brands of chips that would go with the salsa because how can you have salsa without chips? And so the same is true for your audience. Like you would want to nurture them and give them more opportunity to get to know you. And I reference quite a bit the sales study that I fell upon. Um, and, and if you can keep this in mind, it will really help you with nurturing your list less than 3% of people when they fall upon your brand and they get, you know, you come across their radar are ready to purchase less than 3%. So that means you have 97% of people who either have just started researching, you know, solutions to their problem, or they don't even know, have enough awareness that they have a problem and need to find a solution yet. And the specific breakdown of that other 97% is I think it's 58% and I'm going from memory. So 58% of people don't even, aren't even aware that they have a problem yet. And the other, um, not a mathlete, but 97 minus 58, whatever that is, is <laughs> 42%, I think, um, have just started researching, which means they're looking at you, they're looking at your competitors, and most of all, they're trying to find somebody they connect with. How they're going to connect with you is have having you continually show up in front of them, whether that's on social media or more importantly, on your website and through your email list. And so the sooner you can get people on your email list so that you can stay in front of them on your schedule and under your terms, not the terms of someone else, the better off you're going to be. And so we'll talk about that um, in a little bit further into the live, but I want to get to some of these other questions. So the ways to nurture lists are one, know your audience, two, plan to stay in front of them long term, and three, be consistent. Like it's it's not rocket science, but it does take work. And so um, definitely nurturing your list is fruitful. The la- the latest stat it used to be forty two hundred. Per- 100, 100%, now it's 4,400%. And what that translates to is there is a 4,400% return on investment for email marketing. Every dollar you spend on email marketing will result in $44 of revenue. And that's incredible. You can't see that in any other marketing tactic out there. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, ditch all the rest of them, but having ownership of of your email list and being able to powerfully show up in front of your audience at your will is really, really important. And that um, came up in another comment. It wasn't a question, but it was a comment on another post that I um, participated in this week. And um, 
there, it wasn't a dispute, but it was a difference of opinion um, that uh, someone had posted, you know, your website is your most important asset in your business. And I disagreed. And the reason being, yes, your website is very important. That's owned real estate and people come there to check you out. But the reality is, is that you don't have any control of whether they come back or learn more about you or build a relationship with you once they have landed there if you are not collecting their email address. And this is where so many websites go wrong. Um, I just met with a client or a potential client about a week and a half ago, and they still have joined my newsletter on their website. And for the love of all things holy, like if you have that on your website, go and change it today. Because here, here's the deal. Nobody wants your newsletter. Nobody. Nobody out there wants your newsletter. What they want is an answer to their problem. I don't care if you are a graphic designer who does branding for a living. If people do not want your newsletter, what they want is to have their website and their marketing materials be beautiful, matchy, and attract more people. And if you really break it down, they don't even really care about the first part. They've just been told that branding will help them get more clients. And so the deeper you can dive into your people, the easier it's going to be for you to get them to say yes. And so um, when you're looking at your website, yes, that's important. Yes, having the right messaging on there is important so that they can move through the process. But the most important thing you can have on your website is a way to capture their email address and their name. Because then it gives you the power back again, to stay in front of them. If they come to your website and they scroll through and they don't share their information with you, they're not compelled to get on your list, your opportunity or the work you have to do to get them back to your website is significantly higher with no connected ROI for moving them to actually purchase from you. And that is um, true whether you have a product or a service-based business. Because a lot of times, um, this is another kind of pet peeve of mine, but um, I do a lot of crafting and so I follow a lot of different paper craft people. And everybody has their affiliate links. And usually it's not just one link. It's like, here's every product that I've used in this live, go click on it. And that's how they get paid. And I can't even tell you how many times I've been watching a video and then I click on the link and then 12 other things happen and I forget. And I'm like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. I'll just go over to such and such a store because I know that's where the product was and I'll try to find it. Or I'll, you know, very rarely will I go back and try to find the video to move myself to that purchase. And then the other thing that happens is I'll put those things in my cart and I'll get distracted. And then I forget. And then the store will come back with an email and say, hey, by the way, you left these in your cart. And if they're smart, they give you a discount. If you if you check out now, you get a 10% discount. Here's the code. And then um, I was actually... Um, I had a couple things in my cart from a, an online, it's like an SVG program. So those are, SVGs are um, downloadable images that you can put um, on stickers and t-shirts and all kinds of things. And this company really had it together because they not only came back once, but they're like, your, your coupon's expiring in two days. You're running out of time. And they had multiple um, abandoned cart emails, which is awesome because what it does is it moves people more, potentially to purchase that product if they're really interested in it. And um, 
gets rid of the distraction factor. And so, as you know, we live in a very distracted world. And when we can stay in front of people with those emails, um, whether it's an abandoned cart series or a sales series or a nurture series or any other of the 17 umpteen (laughs) series that you can create for email, the more likely they're going to get to know you. They're going to decide if they like you or not, or they trust you or not. And then they're more likely to move forward and buy from you. And so um, that is my soapbox rant about websites. Yes, websites are important, but they're only important if they are moving your people to your email list. And so that brings up another question I got, which is how do you move people from your social media accounts, specifically LinkedIn, to your email list? And so I thought it was very interesting. I went and did a little, I always do research for these before I come on here and talk um, and try to teach you guys um, in the lives. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to go see what's out there. And so I go to YouTube and I type in build your email list on LinkedIn. And I was appalled. I'm going to tell you right now, I was appalled by the videos that were out there because the videos that are out there are basically saying, go and pilfer all of the email lists or email addresses you can out of LinkedIn and create a cold subscriber list. So number one, don't do that because it's slimy and it's illegal. And number two, just don't do that. Um, But the real reason or the real uh, way, the real um, system to create this demand and move people from LinkedIn to your email list is to create something so good with your lead magnet that they can't say no. And this comes, we're going full circle, comes right back to you knowing who your ideal client is, so intimately that they can't say no. And there's a couple of things that go um, awry that I see with these, um, with people not getting opt-ins or getting people to their email list. Uh, Number one is, is that they put their call to action for whatever resource they're giving away, they bury it. And so um, if you're creating a resource that's of value and you're putting it in a post, it doesn't always have to be front and center, but you want it to be towards the top because people skim and you want a way to make it stand out. And so whether that's with emojis or you're putting some extra little characters in there, but you want to differentiate like, hey, pay attention if you're skimming this post because here's a resource. Um, Second, you need to promote it. Like it's just not going to magically get people signing up for it if you don't tell anyone about it. And so if you're creating that sales funnel, so an example of this is I work with a lot of um, book, uh, what am I I trying to say, authors, oh my gosh, not book publishers, authors and speakers. And um, I worked for a couple larger organizations in their speaker programs. And what I would find is that they would teach this methodology to promote their products and services being sold at a, say, a speaking event, but they never think about, okay, not everybody in that room, 3%, are going to be ready to buy. So what are you doing with the other 97%? And I had this come up with a client of mine in the past, and she um, would do a lot of speaking. She was wearing herself out, in fact. And um, I said, well, how do you move those people, those other 97% that aren't going to go to the back of the room and buy, how do you move them to your email list? And so we came up with some strategies to do that. And so I want you to think about 
how you could do that for LinkedIn. And there was a great, um, I watched this great little short clip the other day and there was a gal, and I think it was on TikTok, it might've been on Instagram, but she said, you know, people complain that they only have a hundred people on their videos that like their videos or see their videos. And her husband put it into a really good perspective. And it was like, what if you had to go knock on a hundred doors today? And you had 90, 97 of those people say no, how much time would that take you? Versus, you know, the power of the internet and the power of connecting. But with that power comes great responsibility. And with that, what I mean by that is don't be the person that sends out a LinkedIn request and then immediately says, hey, do you want to sign up to be, you know, a client of mine as a VA? Do you want to sign up for online marketing? Do you want to instead learn what those people need? And then if you have enough interest in one thing, create a resource for those people that they want and that they can't wait to get their hands on. That is how you build your email list. And um, there, you know, I could tell you every strategy and method and uh, tactic out there. But at the end of the day, people do business with people. And that hasn't changed for probably 200 years. And so if we can get back to that, and we can remember that these people that we want to get in front of that we want to help really just want a problem solved. And we can be that solution for them, even if the first step is just the lead magnet and getting them on the list. That is the first step. And it's probably a step that 95% of other people won't ever take. And so <clears throat> moving your people from, and I highly recommend moving your people off of your social platforms as soon as possible, may take a little longer or a little bit more effort or a little bit more thought and strategy to do, but it's well worth it in the long run because then you have a captive audience. And so I promised that I would get back to, um, I just wanted to make sure I have all of the questions written here that I got to everybody's questions that I received. And I did. Um, <clears throat> so the other thing that I want to make you aware of, um, that I have been talking about this for quite a few years now, and I could see it coming on the horizon. And the reason I'm so passionate about people moving their audience off of social platforms and into a platform that they own like email marketing is that as you know, social media platforms change the rules, which they have every right to do because they're businesses. With the latest news of Elon Musk purchasing Twitter, you may or may not have seen this little blip about him wanting to start to charge users for the platform. Now those users are probably not gonna be your everyday people that go on and consume content. So those are the people that could be your audience, but who it will affect and you can see this coming. And if you pay attention, you will see the writing on the wall. And that is content creators, people that are putting out regular posts, videos, stories, reels, all of these different pieces of content. At some point, you're going to be charged to put content out there. And it only makes sense <clears throat> right now. If you've watched the marketing industry, you've seen platforms go from the algorithm of everybody has free reign because there weren't that many people on social media using it for business 
to we're going to run ads. Okay, ads are super reasonable. We can run ads and we can get people on our list. We can get people to purchase our products and services <clears throat> at this really economical cost. To ads prices are substantially increasing, especially over the last two years, because you have so many more people tuning into social media platforms because of COVID and being online because of COVID and starting their own business because of COVID. So the advertising costs are rising because more people are advertising and they know they can get more money for it. There is only so much room on the newsfeed for advertisements. So even if you're willing to spend the money on advertising, at some point there's not gonna be room on those platforms for ads. And not to mention that the audience consuming the content is sick of ads. And so <clears throat> your choices are to either, excuse me just a second, losing my voice. <clears throat> your choices are to spend an exorbitant amount of money in advertising to get your name and, and business out there uh, <clears throat> as a, um, I'm sorry, we're on the social media thing. So your choices as Facebook or LinkedIn or YouTube is to keep raising ad prices and really limit the amount of people that can run ads, which doesn't make it fair to everybody out there. And then you have complainers about that, or you start create, you start charging content creators to put their content out on the internet because there's only so much space on the internet for content. And so I want you to think about that as you're creating your strategy for the rest of the year, for the next two years, for the next three years, for the next five years, because the long-term strategy has to be something that you own. And you do not own LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, and any of the other ones that I've forgotten. You don't own them. Someone else does. Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, the list goes on. It's billionaires that own that. And they're gonna make billionaire business decisions because they have to keep their business lucrative, just like you're trying to keep yours lucrative. And so I want to implore you to start building your email list today. Figure out a way to move people off of the platform that you're on and onto something you own. And it may take more than one time for people to sign up for your list, and that's okay. Because as long as you keep stating that's the goal, it may take six, seven, eight, 10, 15 times for you to say it, but your list will start to grow. And so I'm gonna leave you with that today. Um, the market in the, in the online world is shifting again. If you pay attention to patterns and you pay attention to things that are happening, um, I wanna challenge you to watch it. But in the meantime, build your little safety net over here of creating your email list and nurturing those people and staying in contact with those people so that when the changes come again, you're ready and it's smooth sailing and you don't have to worry about where your next leads, your next customers, your next conversions are coming from. Because you've, you've done the smart thing of starting to build the relationships and capturing the information of those people um, and putting them on your email list. So thank you so much for your questions and for tuning in. If you guys have additional questions or comments, leave them um, for some reason. The uh, the chat over here is not showing, it's not showing comments. So I think that's a restream thing. But I will go back and look at other questions and comments that came across LinkedIn and be sure to answer those. And um, 
I appreciate you tuning in. Next week, we'll be talking about um, a different hot topic. So tune in with me next Wednesday, uh, same time, same station. And in the meantime, if you have any other lead generation specific questions, leave those and I will answer those in an upcoming live. So thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate you, Elisa Connor, Elisa Connor Consulting. And don't forget to go grab that free marketing strategy guide at elisaconnor.com forward slash strategy dash guide. And that's going to help you map out your plan, not only for the rest of this year, but for many years to come. So in the meanwhile, take care, be well, see you soon. Did you miss something during the podcast? Maybe forgot to take notes? No worries, we've taken all the notes for you. All the resources, links, and information in this episode you can find over at alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast. That's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R dot com forward slash podcast. Looking forward to seeing you next week.